your family, the God that we know is inherently relational. God is not detached or distant or far removed. No, God is intensely personal and relational. And because God is intensely personal and relational, God is always speaking. God is a God of communication. And God is always speaking, especially to those who belong to him. In fact, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And not only is God always speaking, but God has given us the capacity to hear him speak. So when God does speak, we can discern the shepherd's voice. But church, just because God is always speaking doesn't necessarily mean we're always dialed into what he's saying. Just because God is always speaking to us doesn't necessarily mean we are, we are tapped in or we are discerning what is being said. How many of you know, family, that you can be hearing someone talk without actually listening to what's being said? And all the wives said amen. I could, I could hear some. I remember, church, a couple of years ago, we had, um, we had a staff meeting. And uh, Andrew, my good friend Andrew Mousup was there, who now leads the, who's now the lead pastor of Elam West. And we're talking about some of the issues we have with the service and specifically some of the technical problems with some of the equipment. And I, I remember what Andrew said. Andrew said, I know the problem is, team, the problem is the fobs aren't working. I said, what did you say, Andrew? He said, the fob's not working. I said, you know what, Andrew? As someone who's from up here, who was raised far somewhere, I find that deeply offensive. I find that very offensive. And, and Andy said, no, no, the fob lights aren't working. I said, oh, that makes sense. The fob lights aren't working. That makes sense. The church, I was so offended. I was about to get prayed out and go, Elon Botany. I was that offended. But you see, church, what was happening was I was hearing Andy talk, but I wasn't listening to what's being said. Church, hearing and listening. I thought so, yeah. I thought so, I, yeah. Improving as a teacher, I think, so. Church, there's a difference between hearing and listening. Here's the difference. Hearing is passive. It's inactive. It's automatic. It, it simply it requires no effort or energy. You can hear someone talk simply by virtue of having ears. But listening is very different. Listening is intentional. Listening requires you to press in. Listening requires you to be present, to process what's being said. Church, Jesus wants us not to be merely hearers of the word, but listeners of the word. To listen and discern and, and, and perceive what he's saying. So when God does speak, we can discern and hear him with clarity. Amen? I want you to open your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark. <clears throat> chapter 4, verses 21 to 29. In this passage, family, Jesus gives us the qualities of a good listener. When the Lord speaks. Here's our first quality. Good listeners understand God's word. Good listeners understand God's, God's word. In verse 24, Jesus says, pay attention to what you hear. In other words, Jesus is saying, grasp what you hear. Process what you hear. Grapple with what you hear. Perceive what you hear. Uh, Jesus speaking of perception. Make sure you perceive and understand and press into what is being said. In your family, I have the privilege of teaching, understanding, and communicating God's word at ELC. And I know. Thank you. Thank you, principal. <laughs> thank you for that. And church, one of, the, one of the basic pillars that, that we rest upon understanding God's word is, is that the Bible is clear. If everybody say the Bible is clear. Church, there is inherent clarity to Scripture. You don't need a PhD in, in Bible hermeneutics or you don't need a degree in theology to understand the Bible. There is, inherently, there is inherent clarity to the word of God. This is what the Reformers called the perspicuity of Scripture, which is just a fancy way of saying the clarity of Scripture. The Bible is not a vague book. The Bible is not a book full of mystical sayings or a book of allegories. If, you, if you, anybody can understand the Word of God, there is a clarity to Scripture. Scripture is clear. But church, just because Scripture is clear 
it's often hard work to get to the clarity. Listen, Scripture is clear, but it's often hard work to get to the clarity. For example, you may hear Pastor Haley preach a great word on a particular passage. You might be thinking to yourself, man, that was so obvious. That was so clear. That, that passage came alive. I fully understand. That was so clear. But the reason it's so clear is because Pastor Haley put in the hard work to get to the clarity. That's why you can understand it. And church, the same, is, is the same principle is true when God speaks to us in our everyday life. God is clearly speaking. But we, it's often hard work. We have to press in to get to the clarity. And people often say, I think God is saying this. No, God is not trying to say anything. God has spoken with clarity. It is now up to you to press in and sort of drown out the opposing voices to hear what he's saying. God has spoken with clarity. That's why, family, I cannot emphasize enough. If you're really serious about hearing God speak and discerning his voice and understanding the word of God, I cannot emphasize enough the importance of being part of a small group. Because God speaks through community. And church, the reason why we pump small groups so much is not because it's a Neelam thing, but because it's a believer thing. God speaks through community. It is God's will for you to be part of a community of mutual encouragement, mutual edification, mutual direction, even mutual redirection. Sometimes the Spirit will prompt someone else's heart to encourage you and vice versa. God speaks through community. You're family, the great reformer, Martin Luther, whose entire mission in life was to get people to read the Bible for themselves. He said this. He said, if you go on the corner and read the Bible on your own, you will invent your own way to hell. In other words, Luther was saying, if you read the Bible, church, in complete isolation, me, myself, and I, apart from community, you will end up believing many weird and wonderful things. Amen? You don't believe me, come to Alpha. You'll hear some of the many weird and wonderful things people believe. I had one brother at the Alpha course. He said to me, we were talking, he said, and he's been at church for a little while. He's not here, so don't worry. He said, he said, Brother Jake, he says, Brother Jake, what happens, bro? What animal do we become when we die, bro? I said, bro, that's the wrong religion, brother. I said, uh, I'm not too sure what, we, what, what we're talking about. And he's been at church for a while, and I was thinking, I said, man, who leads the small, who leads the growth track? And I realized I lead the growth track, so I kind of, uh, I had no one else to blame but myself for, for that. You know, church, listen, church, if you're serious about understanding what God is saying and discerning his voice, church, you cannot be the only perspective in your Christian life. Church, you cannot be the only vantage point in your Christian life. You cannot be the only voice in your Christian life either. I remember when Pastor Boyd was here, I, I would literally be in Pastor Boyd's office about literally once or twice a week to just, just to pick his brain about, about ministry for counsel, for ministry, or even, even my own personal walk as well. Because I knew Pastor Boyd had a, had a ministry brain and maturity that far exceeded my own. I need to tap into that. Sometimes if I wanted another perspective, I go to Pastor Alex because I knew he had experiences and wisdom that I didn't have. Church, listen, we only have a 2D perspective of what God is saying and speaking in our life. But God will often use community and even a godly mentor to give you a glimpse of this 3D perspective of what God is doing in and through your life. I think it's also a really important, family, if we are serious about posturing ourselves to hear from God and really understand what God is saying, and we say that we're listening, it's really important that we don't become selective listeners either. I was, um, I remember being in church once and somebody was preaching and I could, I could feel myself becoming convicted. I could almost, it was almost like a physical agitation in, in my own. <laughs> who's, who's, who's experienced that before? You can also feel yourself becoming agitated in the seat. I could, I could feel, I could feel the spirit was trying to do a work in me. The spirit was, was moving. But I could also feel another part of me saying, shh, Jake, he's, he's not talking to you. It's like the Donald Trump part of me saying, Jake, he's not talking to you. You're doing such a great job, Jake. You're doing such an incredible job. 
Jake, you're living in victory. In fact, nobody lives in more victory than you do. Let me tell you. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job with Growth Track. You're a preacher of the word. You're going to be a pastor soon. Jake, he's not talking to you. He's talking to them. You know what that is, church? Selective listening. When you claim to be seeking the Lord family, but in reality you want God to simply bless a decision you've already made, selective listening. When you chase compliments but resist correction, selective listening. When you only seek counsel from people who you like or who are going to tell you things you want to hear, selective listening. Just listen, partial listening is disobedience. If we're only to open to things that we like, then we're not really listening at all. Actually, let me say this is what has challenged me. Often, church, God will try and speak to you, speak through, speak to you through people you don't even like. Amen. And church, he's trying to speak to you, but because you don't like, you don't like the messenger, you switch off. <laughs> Again, selective listening, church. Okay. I remember church, I was in Bible college and I took a pastoral care paper, and I love pastoral care. And I was always really excited to go to class. But one day we had a guest lecturer. And as soon as this guest lecturer walked through the door, I, mean, I was about to switch off. I thought, man, who was this guy? I mean, this guy, he, he's got dreadlocks. He's got no shoes on. He talks like a hippie. He dresses like a hippie. For the last 40 minutes, he's been talking about his emotional trauma and, and how that affects ministry. And I thought, man, I'm not, a, I'm not an emotions guy. I'm a Bible guy. I don't want to hear this sort of thing. And I was so frustrated, church. In fact, church, I even I was so frustrated. I challenged what he said during the lecture. I'll never forget what he said, church, with his response to me. He said, he's very expressive the way he talked. He says, as I challenged him, he said, Jake, I hear what you're saying. I grab hold of what you're saying. I embrace what you're saying. I let it go. I said to him, I said, did you just tell me to shut up? He said, yes, I did. <laughs> so, fair enough, but so was... But church, you understand the point, church. Listen, the, the reality was no seriousness. God was, trying to, and God was trying to impart some wisdom to me through that gentleman. Some, some insights about pastoral care that will be very formative for me in the future. But because I didn't like the messenger, I switched off. Again, selective listening. You know, church, I want to challenge you. There's going to be times where God, sometimes God wants to speak, speak to you through people you don't like. That is a time, church, where God wants us to humble ourselves, to look beyond the offense and say, Lord, listen, I have ears to hear. I know you're speaking. I'm ready to receive. Amen? Good listeners press in and understand what God is saying. Secondly, good listeners reflect God's word. Go to verse 21. He said to them, do you bring a lamb to put under a basket or a bed and not on its stand? Church, not only do the good listeners understand God's word, good listeners reflect God's word. Church, you have been redeemed by the gospel to manifest the gospel. You have been delivered by the goodness of God to reflect the goodness of God. Church, a person who's been redeemed by the gospel but keeps the reality of the gospel to themselves is just as bizarre as a person who buys a lamp for the purpose of keeping it hidden under their bed. That's Jesus' point here. You don't buy a lamp for the purpose of keeping it hidden. No, you buy a lamp to let its light shine. And church, we've been redeemed by the gospel not to keep its reality to ourselves, but to let its light shine shine to manifest the gospel. In John 17, when Jesus is praying to the Father, he says, Father, I have manifested your name. In other words, Jesus was saying, Father, I've manifested your character. 
your holiness, your compassion, your goodness, your mercy, your forgiveness towards people. I have manifested your name. And church, in the same way, we are called to manifest the name of Christ wherever we go. We are to manifest his goodness, his kindness, his compassion, his his righteousness, his holiness, his reconciling nature. We are to bring people together just as Christ does. We are to manifest the name of Christ. You know, family, from a Jewish perspective, inherent in the reality of hearing truth is the application of truth. In other words, family, when Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear, Jesus was saying, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear, perceive, and apply what I've said. So church, if you've heard the truth, and perceive the truth, but don't apply the truth, you haven't actually caught the truth. I want to challenge you, family, all of us here, be it in your workplace or amongst your family or at uni. Just listen, people should know that you follow this Jesus. And church, they shouldn't know because you walk into a room and say, I represent the one who was seated at the right hand of the Father, high and lifted up, who is interceding on my behalf right now as I speak to you, and I fear no evil. No, church, they shouldn't know that you're a Christian because you're weird. They shouldn't know that you're Christian because you, because you announce it. They should know because you reflect it. Because you reflect who he is. Church, when, when you should be someone, church, who changes the atmosphere when you walk into a room. People should say, look at you and say, man, there's something different about that person. The, the way they conduct themselves with money and integrity and character. They're slow to anger. They're kind and compassionate. They work hard. They, they shut down gossip and actually talk people up when they're not there. Your family, for a lot of people, you're going to be the only Bible that people read. Make sure it's a good read, amen? Let's go to our third point. Good listeners share God's word. Verse 26. This is how it is with the kingdom of God. It is like a man with a scattered seed on the land. The person who scatters the seed is the believer. And the seed that he scatters is the word of God. He is sowing or sharing the word of God. Listen, church, good listeners not only perceive God's word, they only reflect God's word. Good listeners share God's word. Church, the gospel to save actually has to be verbalized. The gospel to redeem people actually has to be proclaimed. Now, family, the assumption is that your proclamation is supported by life that is a testimony to a transforming power. And we uh, we should be a Bible that people can read also. But church, there comes a point in time where you actually have to pull the trigger and share God's word as well. It has to be proclaimed. I remember family, when I was very, when I was younger, I used to play cricket all the time. I used to play cricket for, for club and for school and for rep level as well. And I had a really good friend who I played club level cricket with and rep as well. And you know, we did everything together. We're really good friends. But I think about it, six or seven years ago, we, we, we lost contact, completely lost contact. Uh, but recently we caught up and I've, I've, re- and I've uh, learned that he gave his life to Christ recently. And he said to me as we caught up, he said, you know, bro, Jake, I knew that you're a Christian. I know that you love, uh, that you love Jesus and you went to church and you were a, a good kid. And um, you probably didn't want to offend me or, or, make, or make it weird or awkward. He said, but bro, I really wish you shared the gospel with me. Because I feel like these last six or seven years have been wasted because I didn't know Jesus. There comes a point in time, you listen, we can understand God's word. We can reflect God's word, but there comes a point you actually have to pull the trigger and share God's word. Paul says, how will they know, how will they call upon Christ if nobody preaches to them? Let's go to our final point. Good listeners trust God's word. Verses 26 to 29. This is how it is with the kingdom of God. 
It's like a man with a scattered seed on the land and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He knows not how. Of its own accord, the land yields fruit, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. Then when the grain is ripe, he wields the sickle at once, for the harvest has come. Jesus is building upon his previous points. The farmer sows the seed and he prepares the soil. Now, this is speaking of, the, of, the, of, the, of us preaching or sharing the gospel. But then it says the farmer goes to sleep. But when he goes to sleep, actually the harvest produces a crop. But it says he knows not how. In other words, family, all the farmer does is he actually he sows the seed and he prepares the soil. But the farmer is not responsible for the harvest. He goes to sleep and the harvest will come. In the same way, family, as we sow God's word into people's lives, as we, sorry, I should say, we are called to sow the truth of God into people's lives. We're even called to prepare the soil. Family, the, the soil is the condition of the heart. How do we prepare the soil of the heart? By loving people, by connecting with people, by serving people, by be, being gracious towards people, by having a relationship with people. This prepares the soil of the heart. Then we sow the seed of the gospel, but God is the one who brings the harvest. My responsibility is reflecting God's word, sharing God's word, serving and connecting with people, but God's role is moving hearts. God's work is changing lives. My responsibility is proclamation. God's role is salvation. I would encourage you, family, if you're here listening and you've, you've grown discouraged because you can see you're, you've been sowing God's truth into your family's life, your friends' lives, and nothing seems to be happening. I would encourage you to keep sowing God's word into your, into your family's lives, your friends' lives. Keep preparing the soil of the heart by loving them, by extending grace to them, by connecting with them. And trust what the God of the harvest will do. God is the God of the harvest. It is his power. He will use your testimony. He will use your witness. He will use what you share to change the lives of people around you. You may not know when, or even like the farmer, you might not know how, but God will do it. Keep sowing. Keep reflecting. Keep sharing. And see what the God of the harvest will do. Church, if we take care of the natural, God will take care of the supernatural. If I could have the band join me on stage, please. Your family, Jesus wants us to be not merely hearers, but listeners when he speaks. He wants us to discern what he says. And when we discern what he says, he wants us to reflect what he says, to share what he says, and finally trust what he says as well. Your family, when you look at the ministry of Jesus, when Jesus spoke to the crowds, he often spoke in parables. And everybody could hear the parables. The multitudes could hear the parables. But only the disciples, only those who were very close to Jesus got the interpretation. Only those who were close to Jesus understood the parables because he gave them the interpretation. And family, the reason why he gave the disciples the interpretation of the parables, because they're willing to truly seek him. They're willing to follow him. They're willing to press in and say and inquire, what does this mean? What does this mean, Jesus? What does this parable mean? They're willing to press in to what was being said. And family, because they're willing to press in and journey with Christ and have fellowship with him and truly want to know him, more was given. More insight, more revelation, more wisdom, more direction, and more of him. Your family, some of you might be struggling with, with hearing or discerning the voice of Jesus or, or knowing his plan and purpose in your current season. I want to encourage your family to keep seeking, to keep pressing in, to keep trying to grapple and grasp with what he's saying. God is speaking clearly, but it's your responsibility to really press in to what is being said. 
And family, just know that God rewards those who diligently seek him as well. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God of communication, that you are God who speaks clearly and decisively through your word. Father, I pray that you give us the wisdom and the capacity to drown out competing voices, uh, to drown out other things that would vie for our attention, our focus, and our, and our, and our just, just in everyday life, Father, you drown out these other voices so we can hear clearly and decisively and distinctly from you. Father, I pray that you give us ears to hear, that, Father, we'd be able to understand your word, but not only be understanders, but, sh- but sharers of the word, reflectors of the word. And, Father, I pray in our life that we trust your word, that we trust the God of the harvest, because we trust you as well. Father, we love you. We exalt you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen.